I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of the RSL Show, the Real Salt Lake Show, if you don't know what that stands for. I'm Andy Munoz. I'm Josh Clark. And we are here to uh, chop down some Real Salt Lake something. Chop yeah, down? Let's just talk about the current state the, of RSL. Yeah, the current state yeah. of RSL. Uh, so today we're going to do uh, just a, a brief recap of the, the last three matches that took basically six days to kind of go through, mm-hmm. um, which is pretty, pretty crazy. Uh, well, I wouldn't say, I don't know if it's a true six days. It's like six to eight. Yeah. Uh, Either way, short week, a lot of games. Yeah. September 25th, uh, Real Salt Lake goes to Portland, gets absolutely annihilated, trashed, six to one goals. Dump trucked, bro. Dump trucked. Um, also, sorry if I sound congested, dude. I'm like talking and my nose just plugs. So you have COVID. It's uh, it's the side effect from the shot, dude. I'm like halfway through. Oh, okay. <laughs> I got <laughs> I got my second scheduled on the 24th. Um, Attaboy. Yeah. All right. And then so we've got – so we go to Portland. Uh, we get absolutely dump trucked. And then there's some positivity. Uh, LA Galaxy Chicharrito. Good comes, boy. Yeah, comes to Rio Tinto. Uh, he, he actually scored a goal and celebrated with a South goal, mm-hmm. which was pretty funny and awesome to watch. But ultimately, David Ochoa Had steps up. Man himself a night. Steps up, and uh, he denied a few great shots, not only from Chicharito, uh, but, uh, I mean, he just stood on his head, palmed the shit out of the ball, uh, just had an amazing game. Uh, the post game, we posted it. He's just ecstatic, right? He's like, you know, and it's, it's, it's true. For Hispanics and Mexicans, same thing. My bad. <laughs> uh, for Hispanics, you know, we really do view Chicharito as this, like, you know, soccer dom, you know, like a soccer god. Yeah. He's like our, uh, you know, whatever your Wayne Rooney is to you. Okay. Right? So, right. Um, the, you know, the, one of the first Hispanic players to go to Manchester United 
um, from Guadalajara Chivas, which is uh, like one of the biggest clubs in Mexico. Uh, so yes, it is a big deal. And when I posted that video and shared it on Facebook, uh, somebody commented and was like, Chicharito's nothing. He's garbage. He went to the EPL and failed. And it's like, dude, shut up. Yeah. I thought uh, he did. He, I thought he did a decent job. He didn't necessarily fail. No. He had a good run. Yeah. 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 What was it? So Manchester Enough United. Enough to get him sold to Real Madrid. So. Yeah. He went to, so it was Manchester United and then he went to Bayern Leverkusen. I think Real Madrid first. Was it Real Madrid first? Yeah. And yeah. then a whole bunch of teams after that. Yeah, dude. So, he, I mean, come on. You cannot say that's failed. No. Anyways, uh, comes to Rio Tinto. Doesn't snag the win. Uh, I think in the last prediction, um, I, I want to say that I had Real Salt Lake winning this game. Um, you know what? I did a prediction and I didn't post it. That's what happened. Yep, that's that sounds right. Yeah. So, uh, so anyways, we pick up points here at home at Rio Tinto, like it should be. Um, also, big shout out to uh, the club in general just for hosting a Hispanic Latino day. I think that that is um, a step in the right direction um, just for Hispanic culture. Uh, there's a really good piece by Alex Vihar. Um, I think that's how you pronounce it. Uh, you can search that on Google. Came out a few months ago. I'm quoted in that, and uh, oh, that's why you're bringing it up. I forgot about that. How could I forget about that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, he, it was just like kind of you know, um, kind of addressing the. I wouldn't call it a problem, but just kind of like the lack of uh, Hispanic marketing over like the last few years, decade of Real Salt Lake's existence. Mm-hmm. Not to say that it never happened, but. Um, it was just a little light. And so seeing the Hispanic Heritage Night was actually pretty cool um, at the stadium. And so shout out to uh, the staff members, the team, the people who put that together. Uh, really, really cool to see. Um, okay. After, on October 2nd, we go to Austin FC. Uh, and we lose 2-1. I was I was talking to you about this before we started recording. It, you know, like, where did all the Austin FC fans come from? I guess they've always had soccer fans. Yeah. I guess. I mean, I, I think it's it's pretty reminiscent of, you know, LAFC suddenly having this huge fan base. And and you're just confused? Well, you know, it's like 75% are either LA Galaxy fans or previous uh, Chivas fans. Mm-hmm. So what I want to what I want what I want to say I can't talk again I'm plugged up dude my nose is plugged Austin FC just kind of having like this crazy fandom and all these fans it's just weird I guess Texas is a big enough state um, but it's just you, you got to think like how many people were Dallas FC fans prior to being Austin or FC Houston fans Dynamo fans or Houston Dynamo and well, I know I know they had a USL club for a long time but I don't think it was that popular yeah because you don't really see it was the austin aztecs but you you never saw them having like crazy sold out stands no and, you know a- and if it was like any affiliation you would see that right like right well they have the austin bold now but still it's not the same support yeah. austin bold bold weird uh we are podcasting today not from the wire fiber studio uh, but we do want to shout out our sponsors one wire fiber uh, we are completely remote now. Uh, we have a portable uh, radio. <laughs> we have a portable radio. We're, we're actually recording this on the ham radio. On a cassette tape. <laughs> and just sending it out into the yeah. ether. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we want to shout out the sponsors, OneWire Fiber, OneWire.co, for all of your business, voiceover IP, 
needs. All right. Cool. So we kind of wanted to uh, hop on and, dude, I feel like bro. Steve Urkel, dude. I need to go blow my nose. Um, there's a meeting happening on Thursday. Yep. The 14th. Yep. And this is open to you know not only media. It's like fans. It's like the RSL town hall. You can RSVP. It's it's public knowledge um, to Trey.Fitzgerald at RSL.com. Yep. Or maybe just Trey Fitzgerald. I, I don't know. Go check it out on Twitter at the Real Salt Lake page. You can go into a room with the front office. They're going to be talking about Lord knows what. But it's a great opportunity to ask questions or maybe touch on some topics, some subjects that you're curious regarding the club. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have some speculations, some thoughts, Josh. What do you think might be covered at that meeting? I honestly have no idea. Like, it seems, the timing seems interesting, right? Because mm-hmm. there was the Elliot Fall interview where he said two to 14 days. I've seen two to 14 days for a new coach a few times. So this falls in between there, so maybe it's a surprise announcement. I doubt it because nothing that cool ever happens. But, hey, I'm going to be there just in case. It can be a shift, a change, right? Yeah, something could be happening. Yeah. I mean, uh, Donnie's hosting it. Like That is, I feel like, at least one of the first times in a long time where I've seen something like this happen. And it's the, it's the most aggressive I've seen him be about it. Right. They're like They're RSVP. really trying to get people there, yeah. Yeah, RSVP, come out. Um, so if you're, is it in the afternoon? 6.30 to 8.30. Awesome. So yeah, if you're not doing anything uh, Thursday night, I would strongly advise that you come out. I will be there. You'll be there. I'll be there. Uh, I'm not sure if anybody else from the RSL show will be there. Mitch is not going to be there. He's in Portland. I thought he was flying in just for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is kind of weird timing because... You can kind of open yourself up, like let's say if you're Real Salt Lake, you're the you're the FO. Mm-hmm. You can open yourself up to a lot of ownership questions, coaching questions. There's a lot to ask, right? Yeah. And the way that I see it is, why would you set yourself up to be berated? Because I know a lot of people aren't happy with the situation that Real Salt Lake is in. Sure. So why would you, from a logical standpoint, why would you do that if you didn't have something to announce? Right? Um, it's like the well, poker cards. Maybe, but also, you know, one thing that the fan base has been pining for is the team to be transparent. So this could just be them trying to open up that communication network to be transparent. I just think there's something a little Yes, the timing more. seems not fishy, but like convenient. Right? Think about it. Yeah. Let's pretend it's pure pure speculation. Yeah. Pure speculation. Let's pretend it's your birthday, right? Yeah. And And all my friends are super busy and can't do anything. And I come home all sad and everyone's at my house doing a surprise party. Yeah. I should have known better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It could be that. Yeah. It could be a situation where, hey, questions, questions, questions. And then it's boom. Landon Donovan walks in. Just walks out. Yeah. New coach. That'd be so sick. That would be dope. If that happens, <laughs> if that happens, I'm saving this uh, soundbite forever. Do you want Landon as a coach? Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so there was a quote from him um, where he had said something like, you know, they were asking about his interviews with Real Salt Lake. Mm-hmm. 
and he asked directly, he said in his interview, he said, uh, you know, how do you think I would be perceived by the Real Salt Lake fans? And that's a great question. Yeah. Um, who cares? I think he would be, dude, Pablo Mastorini is the head coach right now. That's all you got to think about, right? <laughs> like public enemy number one. There's only Benny Failhaber's a bigger public enemy than him. Yeah. I think Landon, you'll be totally fine. People might mention the 09 final penalty to you often. Long good fun. Yeah. You'd be welcome here. No problems. Yeah, totally. And the, like just having him come here would bring... What's the word? I'm looking for here like positive attention or like yeah the, just like it would be it would do so much for rso like in the the national yeah you know it causes stir get people yeah, talking exactly interested right yeah landon donovan is coaching an mls team let's watch and it's in utah well places right like yeah cool yeah i think yeah i don't know it's interesting because um you know i've had people reach out and they think i'm like some type of insider and there's there are things that i know Mm -hmm. but this is something that the club has kept literally just airtight that i mean i'm looking at you and you're looking at me yeah none of us do you know anything that i don't or that the fan base would know when it comes to coaching if you've read it on the athletic that's what i know yeah so yeah so i don't know i mean there's nothing that's been leaked out i mean i think we know that landon donovan was interviewing Jason Christ was interviewing, and then Pat who was, Noonan. Yep, Pat Noonan, Dom Kinnear. Yep. So there's a They're few all cool names. Yeah, but I'll tell you what, Jason Christ is not at the top of my list. Yeah, it's just like too many failed attempts, and I think that's kind of just kind of like uh, going back to your ex girlfriend for nostalgia. Yeah, exactly. That's how I feel about it. Yeah, I feel like it. People would be excited for a minute, but if he wasn't having success, like, do you really want to turn on Jason Christ? I don't want to turn on Jason Christ. Yeah. I don't want to ask go Christ out. You know what I mean? Yeah. We just like go and chip away at his name, his little plaque on the yeah, building. Yeah, cut him out like no yeah. more ring of honor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think uh I think you're right. It's just why bring Jason Christ back? And Jason has been kind of floating from club to club to club. Right. It's unless he's coming back with like a prime 2007-2013 RSL, like bring all those players back in their prime, then I'd be all for it. But the league is so different from then. Yeah, it is like, I don't think Christ has the man management skills to deal with like these high paid prima Donna type players. That's a good point. That's just, I mean, he couldn't do it in NYCFC. He couldn't do it. at Was it Miami or Orlando was Orlando. Orlando. yeah. 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 So I don't know. Just no, I'm not interested in it. Yeah. Over it. Yeah. It's the past. Leave Let it, it die. Past. Yep. Let it die. Class. Comeback is like a president of something operations. I'd like you that. know, like something, but not as not as head coach. No. Uh, so yeah, there's like a lot of cool stirs. Um, as far as ownership, dude, I, he- I haven't I haven't heard anything. No squeaks. Mm-mm. Um, I mean, aside from like fun tweets online to athletes <laughs> right like begging to you know purchase sell. yeah uh just really nothing um on that spectrum i just haven't seen anything move like nothing i don't know the the club's been just like radio silent um and i think that people who are involved who usually leak 
information are also just kind of MIA right now too. Right. And it's probably information you don't, don't want to leak. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. So Thursday, I think there's going to be a lot of, um, man, it, it'd be awesome if there was just some type of announcement, whether it's ownership or coach, hopefully supporter groups are there too. One thing that I see as I sit here is I see a 2011 photo of Rio Tinto and there's streamers everywhere. It looks like a party. It was a party. I hope things can change. You know, sure, exclude confetti, but just just let the fans have fun. Yeah. Let us have smoke. Let us have streamers. Let us get after it. Why are we one of the last clubs to make that switch into having fun? You see all these... It's Utah, bud. Like, the little local governments want all this control. You really think it's because of fire code we can't have stupid smoke bombs? That's what we've always been told ridiculous yeah it's crazy yeah it's stupid we have a great fan culture it can be better just let us riot literally we're called the riot but you can't riot at the riot it's ridiculous yeah let us bring shit in let us bring streamers let us bring smoke bombs let us be loud flares it's i think the flares are the problem because it's fire the hell are you gonna burn down (laughs) you know what i mean i don't get it i don't know I know they're afraid of him getting thrown on the field or whatever, but that that's a something you I'm just deal getting, with if it happens. I'm getting upset. I'm mad. I can only sing a chant so many times before I want to just cause mayhem. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You look around Major League Soccer and you see smoke bombs and you, whatever. We've talked about this. Is, this is kicking a dead horse. Somebody at the club make changes. Let us just have fun. Otherwise, just change the name. Don't call it the riot because there's nothing. There's there's no riot about it. Right. So that's kind of like your RSL recap. Um, again, can't stress it enough. Thursday, try and make it be there. Uh, we'd love to say what's up to a few of the listeners as well. Uh, we're also in talks with KSL Sports. Um, we are talking with the director over there. So listen, some cool things are going to happen uh, with the RSL show. First off, we have some demands. Uh, we would like some equipment to uh, basically do more video content, mm-hmm. uh, which will put us on a more consistent schedule. Uh, we'll be able to do uh, basically like cool insider uh, videos uh, with the help of the club if we get their blessing. Um, but essentially, I think you guys will see RSL show maturing into a role where we're going to be a lot more connected, a lot more structured. Um, some big major changes within RSL show as well too. Uh, so stay tuned because we're going to work out contract details. We are going to remain on the KSL sports network, uh, pending that we take some pen to paper and we're all happy with a deal. If you've been paying attention to KSL sports, like they just took on 1280 the zone, which is like one of like the biggest sports radio Mm -hmm. networks in Utah. Um, I've I've had conversations and have asked if, if we could maybe just make some content to fill in some I wouldn't say they have dead space, but if we can yeah, get, like the one to two AM hour. Yeah, if we yeah. can get our show <laughs> on twelve eighty the zone. Um At three AM maybe, every Wednesday. Maybe that's super <laughs> ambitious, but we have some pretty high hopes for this and we know that we took a break, life hit us. Uh there's been some big changes um with our within our lives personally literally within the last month but we're gonna hit the ground running uh so i'm really really excited for for what's to come um, yeah, yeah. And, and i think you guys should be excited too because 
that's going to open up the gates to, uh, you know, more events like Fan Fridays, more pickup games, more pickup games, um, more, uh, you know, like more of a chance to get your voice on the podcast as well. Like we have some cool ideas flowing there, and just a lot of fun segments. The partnership with KSL Sports is is going to be excellent because uh, there's just great people that work over there, myself included. Um, but on the digital team, like the, the digital side, there's just so much cool things that we can do. Uh, so be excited. If you can't hear the excitement in my voice, uh, just take it for what it is. I can't hear the excitement in your voice. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. So to wrap this up, we had some real cool news out of Harriman, the Real Monarchs, our USL championship winning team. Just making records, right? Just breaking all sorts of records. Mm -hmm. Uh, This time, they debuted a 13-year-old and some change. uh, When I say that's like months and days. right? Debuting professionally. Bro, 13. Yeah, 13 years old. And so for that, we're going to bring on uh, Landon Southwick. Landon has done the calls for Real Monarchs. He works closely with them. Uh, He's going to give us some more insight. We're going to get him on the phone, and he's going to tell us about that debut, what led up to it, and what might be going on over at the Monarchs that maybe we're missing out on. Cool. All right, excellent. So we have Landon Southwick. He is the play-by-play with the Real Monarchs. Um, He is just such a cool dude. Uh, You can find him on Twitter, at Landon Southwick. Uh, but he is the guy to go for, I would say, like all your Real Monarchs news. He is in it. He's He works closely with the team. And uh, today, Landon, we've got you on the phone because uh, you guys had something, I would say, huge happen uh, at the Monarchs where it's getting, you know, not only attention from Major League Soccer, but, you know, places like ESPN FC, it's getting national news. Do you want to share like what happened uh, over with the Monarchs? Yeah, totally. Thank, well, first off, thanks for having me on, guys. It's uh feel like it's been a minute since I've gotten a chance to listen to an RSL show. So, and I'm glad to know that there was those teases on Instagram were not you going away, but just getting new equipment. So, <laughs> what, we're, welcome back, I guess. Um, but uh, no, a lot of big news with the Monarchs. I mean, not the season that a lot of people would have wanted, but uh, on the weekends, Axel Kai on Friday nights came into the match for the Monarchs, and it was really interesting. He replaced Bobby Wood. And for most people, that probably sounds really weird. Uh, with the international break, Bobby Wood was down getting some fitness with the Monarchs. He went about 60-ish minutes um, and then came off the match and came into the match was Axel Kai. And the interesting thing about Axel Kai is he's 13 years old, nine months and nine days. Well, as of Friday, he was nine days. Becoming the youngest player to feature in a professional sports team in the United States. Wow. So, I mean, just think about that. How nuts that that is Andy. What were you doing at 13? Uh, I was playing a uh, 007 GoldenEye with my friends on the N- Nintendo 64. <laughs> yeah, you definitely were playing Nintendo 64, which is really wild that this kid was playing in a pro game. And when you look at it, I mean, he's a big kid. He does not look like a 13-year-old, and I think that's what uh, leaves the RSL organization kind of salivating for a little bit more from him. He's a kid that's got a pretty big frame, over six foot. Uh, he's got a decent amount of weight on him. I'm not going to say he's thick or built yet, but uh, definitely not a little kid that came into the match. But by age-wise, 13 years old, nine months and nine days, he's 
really young. Uh, so pretty exciting. And he's an interesting player. I mean, when you talk about what uh, he's done to this point, um, he's he's first off, let's just get this out of the way. He's from the Ivory Coast originally. Uh, came to the U.S. when he was young, it sounds like. And there, this is where the details maybe gets a little uh, fuzzy for a lot of people. Sounds like he was with in Southern California, came over to the academy, has spent time with the academy, played with the U15s in the MLS Next tournament, which is the tournament for all the academies in the U.S. that MLS put on this this last year. The U15s ended up winning the tournament um, 2-1. They won the final over Philadelphia Union, who also has a great uh, youth program there. Um, and he scored five goals in the tournament. Uh, five goals, won the Golden Boots, and uh, helped the team win the title, which was the first title since uh, the Justin Glad days. Uh, back in the Sun Cup. So really kind of a big deal for the club and the organization as a whole. Um, has spent time playing with the U-17s and U-19s in the academy this year. Uh, finally got a shot to play with the Monarchs this weekend. Um, and he looked pretty good. I'm not going to say he was incredible during the game. Uh, he what is 13 and, and and still trying to figure things out, playing against uh, some 28, 29-year-olds were some of the, the, the defenders on – on the other team. So, I mean, it was really kind of an interesting game for him. He found a one time where he was in the back post where a ball trickled through and he almost had a good opportunity. Uh, so I, I was kind of hoping he'd score, which would have made an even bigger story, but uh, pretty crazy to think about uh, what he's been able to accomplish up until this point. And I think there's a lot of people wondering what's next for him and uh, how things are going to play out. I mean, you look at Freddie Adu, Freddie Adu started playing in MLS at age 14. Uh, granted is, the USL championship. So a step below, but uh, you have to wonder what, uh, what's next for him. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty wild. You know, the thought of having, uh, you know, somebody that young uh, professionally debut. And I think that, you know, the Monarchs as a whole, I mean, we've seen some, you know, pretty young players uh, being called up to play professionally, you know, within the like 17 range. Right. Think about this. I mean, I know we always talk about, there's two sides to the coin, right? Everybody's worried about when is too young because you don't want to make some kid a prima donna, right? And and turn his career upside down because you built his head up so big that he's never going to truly have success. But I mean, the opposite side is if he's good enough, he's old enough, right? I mean, if he's if he's good enough to be on the field and can hang with those guys, why aren't you putting up against the best competition? And I think that's the that's the question I always ask, and that's why I'm completely okay with this situation with Axel Kai. If he is good enough to be a striker on that field and score goals and trains well with them, which it sounds like he's been training for a while with the Monarchs, if he's good enough and hanging in those in those times, no one's going to question if he should be on the field, at least his teammates. Granted, there's the pundits out there that are going to say it's irresponsible and it's not correct. I mean, if you go look at my mentions, I think you, you could probably find some tweet that says it's irresponsible from some fan that said that to me over the weekend. But on my side, I'm saying if he's good enough, he's old enough. He's not the only one this club. I mean, to, I know at times in RSL Twitterdom or fandom, we go through these phases where we're like either ready to jump off a cliff and fire everybody that's in the front office and fire the coaching staff. And then there's times where we're like, we're world beaters. We can beat anybody. And I feel like lately we've been more in the like low end of that. Like, what are we doing? Why are we, and we don't have an owner. We don't have a head coach. We're trying to figure that all out and everybody's kind of discouraged, but I would say look towards the Academy and look towards the Monarchs, although they have not had a good season. I mean, they're sitting at four, 18 and six, 
So Art, their worst record in the Monarchs' history, which is saying something because the first two years weren't incredible. But at the same time, there's more talent being developed there right now than there ever has been. And that's what's really intriguing to me. I mean, if you look at the goalkeepers alone, so step back for a second. David Ochoa won the title with the Monarchs, right? So spend the time. The reason he's more mature now as a player, I think, was his time with the Monarchs. He's 20 years old, 20 years old, which is young for any player. You look at the goalkeeping staff right now with the Monarchs and the academy guys that you have in there, Jeff Dusnip, 17 years old, Gavin Beavers, 16 years old, Blake Kelly, 15 years old, and Fernando Delgado, just barely 15. So you've got players in that room from 17 to 15. You've got four of them that are very capable of starting games. The only one that has not played in the game for the Monarchs this season is Fernando Delgado. And I would guess you may get a chance to see him before the season ends, but he's the, he's the guy that played goalie for the U 15s when they went, when they won the MLS next cup. So with um, Axel Kai, but when you talk about all those guys, all those guys are making a name for themselves. Uh, Jeff Dusnip, for example, was the youngest to record a shutout in the USL championship ever. Then you've got Gavin Beavers, who when he came on into the game to play for the Monarchs, he broke the record for youngest goalkeeper in the USL championship. That record only stood for like a month, and his teammate Blake Kelly broke that um, by a couple months. Um, but that's the type of talent that's at the Monarchs right now, and you can you can add in Hacienda Rosco, who went and trained with the U.S. Mex or with the Mexican national team um, during the Gold Cup buildup, which was pretty cool. He wasn't called up officially, but went down and trained with them, uh, which is pretty cool. There's guys like that right now that are getting their moments and opportunities with the Monarchs, at least to go out and learn. Are they winning games? No, not like many people wish they would. But at the same time, they're getting experience and having a shot to at least prove that they're capable professionals. And some may fizzle out and, and not work out. Some may get injured. I mean, Gavin Beavers, for example, is injured right now. But if you find out the stories about some of these guys, I've gotten to know Gavin Beavers pretty well. He's got an interesting story. I mean, and, and I think this story will come up, so I'll share it here. His dad was roommates with Casey Keller in Portland at the University of Portland. Wow. And he was a basketball player until – he got into junior high, middle school age, which he still is kind of that age. But uh, And they got him into soccer. He started looking multiple academies, including the Galaxy, uh, Sporting Kansas City, tried to recruit him. And the Monarchs, uh, or excuse me, Rouse Lake, the organization as a whole, showed off their facility and showed off their goalkeeping coach at the younger levels, which is Mirza with the Monarchs. And that was the sell for Gavin. And Gavin's now a very capable goalkeeper that has – learned and had an opportunity to have some connections to some great keepers around he's he's pretty stinking tall uh, a lot of comparisons put him to some of those tall keepers in europe like a, a peter check and a handful of those guys that were over six three um and he's still growing and the interesting thing is he's one of four of those kids that is there capable of being a future goalie and at some point you're gonna have to sell some of them if they all turn out to be great but you've got four options at the from 15 to 17 right now with the monarchs that hopefully are the future of Rouse all right and so you won't have to pay for that keeper position all the way incredible stuff landon i mean that's uh it's 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 just such cool news coming out of Harriman, and uh, I know you do the play-by-play, but I know that you're also a a fan at heart. Can I? Is that right to assume? That's fair 
Hey, man, I, you know I love the game. I love uh, listening to things. I mean, I listen to the RSL show to stay up on my RSL news, you know, and it's 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 fun. I mean, I, I, I'm a Utah boy, and I still never forget, you know, when the team got announced at Rice Eccles, you know, getting the newspaper the next day, and I was weirdo, always and read the newspaper, the sports section at least, um, and just was so excited that Real Salt Lake was going to be a team. And uh, going to the game with that first game with my dad, watching Dunny put down that corner flag, I mean, still means something to me because I was there and I was a 15 year old watching that game, thinking someday I would love to play for Al Salt Lake. And it didn't pan out for me to play for Al Salt Lake, but it's cool to be involved now watching these kids grow. And I think that's one of the reasons why, you know, I love watching the Monarchs play the way they do. Um, because I get a chance to, you know, talk about some of these young kids that that dream's still alive for them, and that opportunity is still there. I mean, you know, Jeff Neus- Jeff Deusnip, for example, is from Harriman. He's a local kid that's gonna have a chance to hopefully someday play for Al Lake, and it's it's he grew up in its backyard, you know, which is which is the dream for all of us. It's excellent, man. Well, Landon, thank you so much for your time. Um, I do have one quick question for you, and I don't know, you know, I don't know how closely you're following RSL these days. It, I mean, obviously, you, you have to on some on some capacity, but we are, uh, you know, we're going to head out to the RSL town hall. I'm not sure if you've seen the invite for Thursday. You're going to be there. Okay, cool. I'll be there. Josh and I were having some fun with it. We were kind of speculating, you know, if, if any announcements would be made. Um, I'm saying there might be, Josh doesn't really feel like there might be anything, but is there any speculation on your part as to what can maybe happen that day? Should we expect anything from the club or is it really just, uh, Hey, let's sit down and have a chat. I think it's let's sit down and have a chat, but in the back of my mind, I, 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 it would be a perfect time to announce something. I just think for me, I'm scared that if they were to announce a coaching change and it wasn't Pablo, or a coaching hire and it's not Pablo, that becomes a weird situation, like for anybody. And I think every other coach really, well, because some of the big names on there, Donovan and um, uh, Donovan and uh, who else am I thinking on there? We have um, Christ, Pat Noonan. Yeah, some of those are already coaching right now or still in season. So it's like, what? how does that do to their team? So it almost screws up two teams if you make some announcement of someone like that. And I know Twitter is abuzz with uh, wonderful people that think they know and think they can tell stories, especially the L.A. media. And that is a shot at whoever that guy was out there spouting that uh, there was an offer in hand. And granted, Donovan may still get the job. But it's pretty wild when you've got uh, people announcing stuff on Twitter and I think if the club were to do it, they're going to do it either in that town hall or they're going to wait till the end of the season. That's my feeling at how we're at right now. Could they announce something else, like where the Monarchs are going to play next year? Yeah. What league they're going to play in? Could they announce, uh, you know, a stadium expansion? Could they announce some other random thing that maybe a safe standing zone? Yeah, I think they could announce some other things. So I, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. I'm, I Add me to the pool. I don't know as a non-undecided voter right now if what's going to happen. But my gut says nothing. Just to talk, kind of be open with things. But I like to speculate as much as the next guy. So let's throw out some crazy rumors. Um, they're going to expand it to 26,000 fans. That's my that's my, that's my uh, joking Ambitious. Ambitious. Yeah. I, I just hope they just bring back streamers, dude. If, if they say <laughs> you can bring back streamers, I think we're both happy. Josh you know, and I. streamers or let's uh maybe they'll uh i don't know what else could be crazy that they would do they'll put a roof over it something something wild standing Start section 
I think the standing section is actually one that I would be shocked if it doesn't happen at some point. Yeah. Moving forward. So I'd hope so. I mean, there's a lot of cool things happening around the organization. I think there's some great people doing some good things that I think a lot of people don't get to hear right now, but there's some cool things happening. I think there's the wheels are turning, I think, at a rail salt lake right now. And hopefully we get a good owner that uh, wants to continue the club in the right way, uh, building within, um, building up the academy and, and hopefully making us or returning us to our glory of hopefully having a title back here in Utah at some point. Hell yeah. Well, thank you so much, Landon. Um, it's always great to hear from you, man. We will see you on Thursday. And uh, can't wait to shake your hand and uh, see how you're doing. So Landon Southwick, everybody, uh, find him on Twitter at Landon Southwick. Just super cool things coming out of the Monarchs. Like I said during the interview is they really do give the young kids shots, like fair shots. Yeah, and this is this is why we've seen guys like like Kalen Wright and Jack Blake, etc. leave recently because the, the Monarchs have transitioned from winning games to purely development which is cool and necessary for the first team to really have a shot and for our academy to start selling players like Philadelphia FC Dallas have. So I'm all about it. I mean, lose all the games you need to. As long as you're developing the talent, go for it. Yeah, and it could be fun, right? Like if you go with that headspace of uh, regardless of what the outcome is, but you're probably seeing future stars here. Right. Uh, it's a lot of fun. All right, well, I think that wraps it up. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening to the RSL Show. Uh, you could find me on Twitter at Andy Munoz forty eight. Uh, Josh, what's your handle? At SLTID underscore Josh. Keep it here for all of your RSL news. Um, again, brought to you by OneWire Fiber, OneWire.co. If you are a business owner, go check them out. Huge RSL fans. Uh, they're a big reason that we are able to do this show. And again, remember that RSL show is on the KSL Sports Network. We hope you enjoyed, and we will see you on the next episode. And again, get out to the town hall on Thursday. Say what's up. uh, Ask some questions. And just come out and have a good time. Yeah, let's have some fun. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold season three, the search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah Health. Brian Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great.